Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. We're going to jump right into uh, week two of our series, Throwing Shade. If you weren't here with us uh, last week, I was kind of explaining how this was not a series I had planned on doing. I was actually reading a, a passage of scripture with the idea of a different series in mind, and I really felt the Holy Spirit uh, last week just uh, hit me between the eyes and say, this is what I want spoken. And so we started this series last week with, with the premise of this. If you don't know what throwing shade is, it's basically when somebody is showing you disrespect, either verbally or non-verbally. And, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that when somebody says something or does something hurtful to you, when you can have the mindset and the perspective that hurt people hurt people, that, you know what, it doesn't excuse what they said to me and it doesn't excuse what they did, but I kind of understand that they're just hurting themselves. It will help you to process and keep a good perspective as you go through life. Well, the same could be true with things that we face in life, adversity that we, we face in our Christian walk. And so we're looking at temptation from a few different angles. And, and the hope and the goal is that as we can renew our perspective on what temptation is, on why it's there, and how we're supposed to deal with it, that when temptation comes knocking on your door as a person who has a relationship with Jesus, that you would have a, a, a fresh perspective to recognize what it is and to know how to handle it. That you could just recognize, you know what, this is just another attempt of the enemy to attack my future, to attack the destiny on my marriage, to attack the destiny on my family. And so I'm not going to give into it this time. I'm not just going to roll over and do whatever you say. I know what this is, and I'm willing to fight for it. And so we started this series last week with this idea that temptation will try your faith. And, and, and we even looked at the fact that, that just because you're in a, a season of temptation is not always an indication that you're in a bad place. Oftentimes, it can mean that you're getting ready to make a big difference. And so we all know that there are things, stupid things that we do that will feed that temptation. But we looked at the fact that even Jesus, the Son of God, went through temptation. And it wasn't an indication that he wasn't in a good spot. It was an indication that God had some amazing things in store for him. And it was the enemy's way of trying to derail his destiny before he could get started. And so tonight, I want to not look at the idea of how temptation will approach you, but our response to temptation when it comes. So last week, we looked at how it tries your faith. Tonight, we're going to look at this idea that temptation will test your fight. You can write that down. Temptation will test your fight. I'm, I'm going to speak very bluntly tonight because that's, that's the only way I know how to do it, and that's how I like to hear it. Um, I, I want you to hear and to settle in your mind and your spirit tonight this simple principle. Temptation cannot take you out on its own. Temptation cannot take you out on its own. Too many times I think we give way too much attention to the temptation itself and we don't spend enough time reflecting on how easily we gave into it. Too many times we can talk about and seek accountability for the temptation itself but not really be open and honest about the fact that I really didn't try to resist it at all. I kind of just gave into it immediately. And you know, God does not expect you to be perfect from here on out. God, God does not expect that you're always going to make the right decision from here on out. If God thought that was possible, Jesus didn't need to die. But let me say this. 
Jesus did not die for you to just roll over and give in every time temptation comes. The, the price of Jesus' life and the price of Jesus' sacrifice should inspire you to fight, not take advantage of grace and give in whenever you're tempted with something that comes up. Progress and growth when it comes to temptation, spiritual maturity when it comes to temptation, is not going to be measured in perfection. You're not going to be perfect from here on out. But I do think that progress and growth and spiritual maturity can be measured in your willingness to fight. Your determination to say, I'm not just going to keep giving in. I'm not just going to roll over every time something is said that would attract me or, or try to grab my attention or try to get me to do things that I used to do. I'm going to fight this thing. Temptation will test your fight. I want to give you a few principles tonight that I'm going to have you write down that, that I want you to, to pray over this week and reflect on because I do believe that these will help you in how you respond when temptation comes. The first thing I want you to write down is this. Learning the principle of flight will help you avoid some of the fights. Learning the principle of flight will help you avoid some of the fight. I'm sure you all in here have heard this term, fight or flight. You know, that, that was something that when I was in high school, kids used to say all the time, and it was to, to try to make themselves sound like a tough guy. You know, like when stuff hits the fan, when it's fight or flight, you better know that I'm going to be the one who's going to start throwing punches. I'm going to be the one who has your back. You know, usually the people who talk like that are the people that fight. They're not the, the ones that actually fight. We all know that. But, but people would use this term to kind of, you know, to sound tough, to sound hard, to sound like, you know, when, when, when things hit the fan, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do work. And you know what? The life of the believer, I feel like, is, is really opposite. This, this principle of knowing when to run is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of spiritual maturity. If we can accept and learn this idea that it's not just okay to flee, it's advised to flee a bunch of different times in life. It'll actually help you to avoid some of the fights that Satan's going to bring your way. If you don't believe me, let me show you in Scripture a few different instances. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this, Run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lusts of youth and chase after all that is pure. Whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit and live in peace with all those who worship our Lord Jesus with pure hearts. Solomon says in Proverbs, he says, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, flee sexual immorality. Flee. Flight. Don't try to be a tough guy and try to fight it and try to prove that you can resist. No, flee. When you can, run as fast as you can from it. More often than not, we can look back to really bad decisions in life. And if you keep going back further, you can trace it back to a lot of not good decisions that led up to it. I want to give you some practical, pointed advice tonight. If you struggle with lust, if sexual purity is a struggle for you, I'm talking to 95% of the room right now. Let me just give you some practical wisdom. Don't sit and watch a ton of shows on Netflix that are, are filled with nudity and sex. Okay, if you struggle with pornography, don't bring your laptop in your bedroom at night when you're the only one in there with the door shut. 
if you are, are going to have a smartphone, don't have a smartphone that doesn't have some sort of accountability attached to it. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in situations. Don't set yourself up to fail when you know that you have a weakness in that area. If you struggle with alcohol, if you're a person that you, you, you struggle with self-control, don't hang out at bars with your friends. If you struggle where you, it's really hard for you to maintain the line and, and it gets blurry for you, why don't we just eliminate the, I'm just going to have one from our vocabulary. Don't have the one. If you know that that's an area of weakness, if you know that you struggle towing that line, then, then don't even entertain it. Run from it. If you're somebody who, you know, before you knew, uh, before you had a relationship with God, you know, sexual purity wasn't really a, a standard that you lived by and you slept around and you've had relations with all kinds of people. And so now having a relationship with God, the idea of not having sex with the person that I'm dating is really tough because when you've been there, it's hard to not go back there again. Well, here's some practical advice. Don't hang out with the person at midnight on a couch by yourself. Don't, don't put yourself in a situation. Don't, don't drive up to a hilltop, not that we have a lot of those around here anyways, in the middle of the night to stargaze and fold down the back seat with the blanket. What are you doing? Run from it. Don't put yourself in this situation if you know that that's an area where you struggle. If you struggle with addiction and that's been something that has, that has plagued your past and, and maybe now you, you feel like it doesn't matter if it's been days, weeks, months, years of sobriety, you're on some sort of streak and, and you've made progress, do not go back to hanging out with the people that you used to use with. Don't, don't convince yourself that you're beyond it, that you're strong enough now that you can begin to let your guard down and entertain some of those things. We're not called to be tough guys and tough girls in the kingdom of God. We're called to be wise. And so the Bible teaches this principle of flight is not weak. It's advised. You should do it. Avoid the situation if you can. See, growing up, struggling with lust and sexual purity and battling it with it my, my whole life, I would justify things in my mind by saying things like, I'm only human. God, I, I know that I'm struggling right now. I know that I keep going back on my word. I know that I keep going back to things I promised you that I wouldn't struggle with anymore, but I'm only human. You made humans. You know me. I'm a guy. Every guy kind of struggles with the same type of stuff. Listen, the, the, the reasoning I'm only human should not be used as an excuse of why you gave in. It should be used as your reasoning not to put yourself in the position to begin with. I'm only human, so I'm not going to go. I'm only human. I'm not going to watch that. I'm only human. Hey, you guys have fun. I'm out. I got work in the morning. Learning the principle of when to go, of when to run, of, of when to flee will help you in your fight against temptation. It will actually help you to avoid fights before they come a fight. I love sports. Those of you who come regularly, you know this, especially football. And, you know, in, in sports, they have whole scouting departments that don't just scout players that they want to add to their team, that scout players that their team is going to verse. And so, you know, in, in, uh, in any sport, when, when a team is about to play another team, they, they'll sit down with their scouting department and they'll get a detailed overview of who they're facing. 
And, and because they pour all these resources into this, and it's wise for the team to do, this team will be briefed on who they're facing. So in baseball, for instance, if you have a, a, a power hitter, maybe there's a conversation that takes place before the game that says, hey, listen, this power hitter eats fastballs for breakfast, but they can't hit a curve to save their life. Well, that's really valuable for the pitcher. That, that's really valuable for that, for that team member because when that batter gets up in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and the game is on the line and I need to throw a pitch to strike that guy out, what do you think I'm going to throw? I'm going to throw a curve because I know that's his weak spot. In, in, in football, you see this all the time. You know, you can have a defense that's playing great. You can have some lockdown defensive backs that are just holding the receivers to nothing. And then all of a sudden, a cornerback goes down with an injury. And you see a rookie trot onto the field. Guess where that quarterback is, is throwing next play? Right at the rookie. And, and that quarterback is going to keep throwing that way. It doesn't even matter who the receiver is. That's a weak spot on the defense, so I'm going to attack it. And guess what? They will keep attacking it until that rookie makes a play. They'll keep hitting that weak spot until it's no longer a weak spot. Your adversary, my adversary, our opponent, the devil, if he is smart enough to hit you in your weakness, then you should be smart enough to recognize and acknowledge your weakness. True strength is not somebody who feels like I've made it. I've, I've, I've gotten past it. I've defeated it. I used to struggle with it, but I'm not in that place anymore. True strength is knowing and recognizing your weakness. True strength is knowing that you're not Superman, you're not Superwoman, and, and you're not, that was never promised when you entered into salvation. But scripture is actually so practical to say, avoid those things. Flee from those things. Don't, don't ever even put yourself in position to be tempted with those things. If you're here and you're like, you can narrow down, as I'm talking, you can narrow down areas of repeated temptation in your life. You are reading the enemy's scouting report on your life. He knows it's a weakness. So you don't want to keep getting tempted there. You want, to, you want to try to start to get victory in that area. Well, begin to flee from what you can. Begin to target the things, the decisions, the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the people that you hang out with, the places that you go. Begin to target the things, the decisions that you've made before you made the bad decision and begin to run from those things. And then when the fight does come your way, Show some fight. Show some fight. Don't, don't just roll over and give in to it. Don't, don't just, oh, here we go again. You know what, might as well do it. Don't before I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to be perfect. What, what's another mess up? Show some fight. You want to start to get some victory? Show a willingness to fight. The second thing I want you to write down is this. Fight can be measured in spirit, not just wins and losses. Fight can be measured in spirit, not just wins and losses. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Isn't that a relief? Anybody just, you get convinced sometimes that you are just one sick human being? Okay, it's just me. No temptation that you're going to face uh, that is not common to, to everybody. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Someone say endure it. 
I hate the word endure. Listen to this in different translation. It says, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. There's another fun word, bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. You can bear it. You can endure it. God is, God is making sure that when the devil tempts you, you are equipped with, it, with whatever you need to be able to bear it, to be able to endure it. It's an opportunity to trust him more. See, we, we just love to make excuses. And I, I've, I've made millions of them myself. You know, and, it, and it's funny when you do what I do and you talk to people about this all the time, you hear a lot of the same excuses, you know. And for me, my approach with accountability, if someone, someone talks to me or calls me or confides in me and they messed up in an area, all right, you messed up. We all mess up. What I try to focus on more is what led to the mess up. What, what, what decisions were made before you got there? You know, what, what was the mindset when, when that happened? And oftentimes, again, myself, in an effort to justify yourself, you'll come up with some crazy excuses like, I've been down this road before, and I know that it only ends one way. So I just figured I might as well cut to the chase and move on. You know, um, I know that this is my weak spot, and this is just, this is my cross to bear. I'm just a guy. I'm only human. And so I just, I got to the point where I couldn't even concentrate. I couldn't focus. So I just figured, let me just, let me just mess up and then uh, I'll, I'll get back on, on track. How about this? I couldn't stop. Like, you don't understand. I couldn't stop. I, I couldn't resist. I just, I, in the moment, I don't, I just, I couldn't. We like to make it sound as if Something possessed us in the moment, took control of our body, and made us do the things we didn't want to do. Again, let me remind you, temptation cannot overtake you on its own. Not only are you a child of God, but even if you haven't entered into a relationship with God, you have something called a free will. Temptation is not the sin. Giving in to temptation is the sin. And you will never be hit with a temptation that you cannot choose to endure, that you cannot choose to bear. So the quicker that we can start to eliminate excuses from our excuse bank, the quicker that we can realize, no, no, I made the decision to give in. The sin wasn't the fact that I was getting hit mentally all day. The sin was I acted on those thoughts. The sin was I got to the point where I grew sick of trying to endure it where I grew sick of trying to resist it, where I didn't make a call for accountability, where I didn't reach out to somebody who could have spoken some sound advice to me in the moment, but I just acted on what I was feeling in here, or I acted on what was going on inside, inside my mind. Giving in to temptation is the decision that is sin. So you say, well, how do I fight it? How, how, do I, how do I get to the point? Because we've all experienced, there are times where you know, once it starts hitting, you're like, oh my gosh, I am in for a ride. Like I know this, this is daunting right now because I've, I've been here before. You know, James says, there are practical things that we can talk about, but James says this, he says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, 
and he'll flee from you. James just puts it so simply, makes it sound so easy. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I want to look at this word submit really quick, this, this first little bit of instruction that sounds so easy. Submit to God. It's interesting that he says that, but it's so profound because temptation is really a question of submission. Temptation is you and I being faced with the decision, am I going to submit to God or am I going to submit to the thing I'm being tempted with? Am I going to bow to God or am I going to bow to this thing that's knocking on my door right now? Am I going to just give in? Am I going to not fight? Am I going to not even try to bear it? Or I'm not going to try to endure it, but I'm just going to give in. Temptation is a question of submission. Now, that, again, that can be daunting for you now because we're not perfect. We're humans. But listen, God doesn't expect you to be able to endure it or bear it on your own. That's why Jesus came and did what he did. That's why we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have been equipped with everything that we need. So again, submission may sound like a word pointing to weakness. Your strength is in submission to God. Your wisdom is in submission to God. Your ability to choose to resist is in submission to God. Your ability to choose to flee comes with submission to God. Everything is tied back to who you are choosing to submit to. So James says, first and foremost, submit to God. Isn't it so interesting that last week when we looked at this passage of Scripture where Satan is tempting the Son of God, Jesus, that all of the things that Satan was tempting with, we looked at, they were appealing to things that God had placed in his heart. But everything led back to Satan wanting Jesus to submit to him. And Jesus' response to everything that Satan tempted with was, no, I will serve no other God but God. Jesus was solely devoted and submitted to his father. So James says, first and foremost, submit to God. Now, I want to point this out to you. He says, submit to God, resist the devil. Even when you submit to God, you still have to make the decision to resist. So if you're like, well, this is broken. You know, I'm trying to submit to God. I'm praying, and it's just not going away. Well, that doesn't mean that God is broken or your prayer is broken. James says, submit to God, then resist. So even when you choose to submit to God, you still need to make the decision to endure it. You still have to make the decision to resist it. You still have to make the decision to bear it. Listen, if the Son of God still had to resist it three times, why do we think that it should immediately go? Jesus lived in complete submission to the Father. He still was tempted, and, and Satan didn't go away after the first one. He kept coming back. So even the fact that we have to choose to continually resist is not an indication that you're doing something wrong. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and in time, he'll flee from you. Listen, if you watch boxing or if you watch MMA, if you watch any kind of mixed martial arts or anything like that, you know that the person who's standing last in a fight is not just the person who's good at throwing shots, but it was the person who was able to take some shots too. In the Christian walk, we're going to take it on the chin sometimes, and we're going to need to resist it. That was a cheap shot, devil. 
man, you're trying to hit some things from my past. You're trying to bring some things up that happened. You're trying to appeal to some things that used to be there. You're trying to appeal to some things that God has put there. But I'm still standing. I'm not giving in. I'm going to resist. I'm going to endure it. You know, endure is not a fun word to say because endure implies that it's going to be hard. But I'm going to. As difficult as it is, I'll take some shots because I'm submitted to God. This isn't, this isn't about me. This is about my destiny. This is about the purpose that God has on my life. Temptation will test your fight, but it's the fight that, that, that shows your willingness to resist. It's the spirit behind it. Hebrews says this, it says, this is why he had to be a man and take hold of our humanity in every way. Speaking of Jesus, he suffered and endured every test and temptation so that he can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of life. This is why Jesus was tempted. You know, we we read last week this whole story about Jesus having to go through temptation. Even not doing anything wrong, coming on the back of a 40-day fast, Jesus goes through this really difficult time of, of temptation. You know what's so crazy? Jesus wasn't going through that for himself. It's not like God was up there being like, you know what? I've never felt temptation. I wonder what temptation feels like. You know what? Jesus, go through some temptation so we know what that's like. Jesus went through temptation for you and me. He, he didn't know, need to know what it felt like. He knew that we needed a savior that we could relate to. He, he knew that if I was going to be going to him for prayer and if I was going to be saying, Jesus, I need you right now. This is so hard. I'm trying to endure this. I'm trying to bear it. I'm trying to resist it. I'm trying to fight that I need to be praying to someone that I can relate to. I, I need to be coming and confiding and submitting to somebody who knows what I'm talking about, who has been there before and has given me the ultimate example of what it looks like to walk in righteousness and holiness. I want to invite the, the band up as I give you this last principle and we wrap tonight up. And that's this. Good fighters will take a rest, but they will never let their guard down. Good fighters will, will take a rest, but they will never let their guard down. You know, a, a good fighter, an experienced fighter will will not just be good at throwing punches, will not just be good at absorbing punches, but an experienced fighter will know how to pick their spot of rest. And, and so sometimes that's, you know, they, they, they practice how to breathe, something that may seem so common to you and I. They practice how to breathe deeply and how to, to try to make the most of these, these couple minutes that they have in their corner. They, they, they go over with their team what needs to be said to them to encourage them, to give them guidance as they're sitting in their corner and they've retreated for just a moment from the fight. They have mastered the ability to take a rest. But if you watch on TV, they never let their guard down. They never leave the zone. They never get lazy. A good fighter even masters the ability that even when he's left his corner, even when he's not surrounded by his team, he can be in the middle of the ring, in the middle of the fight, and he could actually put his weight on the opponent. He could get his legs back from just putting his weight on the opponent for a second and getting a quick rest before he then steps back and he's ready to wage war again. 
good fighter knows how to rest but not let your guard down. The moment that you and I get lazy, the moment that you and I let our guard down is the moment that we set ourselves up for failure. You see, in Jesus, we find rest. In the Holy Spirit, we find rest for our souls. But, but the moment that I think that I've arrived, the moment that I think that I've defeated it, the moment that I think I have just conquered it and, and it, it's gone for good is I'm one decision away from messing things up again. It says after Jesus was tempted, we read in Luke that it says when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. Even with the Son of God, when Satan ends that season of temptation, he was just gearing up for the next round. First Peter 5 says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. It is only in Jesus that you and I can be well-balanced enough that I can find rest without letting my guard down. That my soul could be at peace even knowing that there's gonna be another fight, there's gonna be another temptation. I know I'm gonna get hit with something else. But Jesus, I, I just thank you that you gave me what I needed to get through that. And I thank you that you're gonna give me what I need to get through the next thing. In the meantime, I'm just gonna enjoy my time with you. I'm glad that you're a God that I don't just feel when things are going good. I actually feel you more when things seem to be falling apart. I feel you close when I need you the most. I want to invite you to stand tonight. We're going to just begin to wrap things up. And we have a prayer team that's standing along the back, and, and they would love to just pray with you tonight. If there's anything that we can encourage you with, if, if you know, you're struggling in any way, maybe it has nothing to do with what we talked about tonight. It might not even have to do with you. Maybe you know someone who's going through some things, and it's really weighing on you. They would love to just listen. They'd love to encourage you. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to believe with you for change, but, and as soon as we start the song, you can make your way back there. They'd love to, they'd love to pray with you. But, you know, I, I want to just challenge you in here tonight to, to not get so caught up in the present, like we talked about last week, to have this, this long-term perspective, to choose to have this mindset that, you know what, life is long, and I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to win some battles and I'm going to lose some battles. But I'm not losing the war. The Bible actually says that because of Jesus, through Jesus, you and I, we are already more than a conqueror through Jesus. Jesus has won the victory. Again, we, we don't serve a dead Savior. We save a living Savior who continues to save, who continues to provide a way of escape every time we face anything. And so the next time that you're reminded that you're not perfect, well, you just turn around and you remind the enemy, that's why I'm so thankful for Jesus. You got me this time. Guess what? I'm gonna be ready for you for the next one. Fight is measured in spirit, not just wins and losses. We have the same spirit that raised Jesus back to life living inside of us. We just need to tap into it. I wanna ask you tonight, if you're here, 
and this is spoken to you, I want to ask you, my, my hand is the first one up. If you're here tonight, you just say, man, I, I need strength. I, I want wisdom. I, w- I want to learn some of these principles. I need to get better at fleeing some things. I, I need to get better at showing some fight. I need to, to get better at not just giving in to things so quick. I want to ask you to just be bold tonight and to raise your hand. I want to pray with you tonight. And you're a good company. Nobody in here is exempt from temptation. Nobody in here is exempt from trials. But man, we all have the solution. We all have the source. We all have the same person in our corner. Come on, pray with me tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much for giving your life for us. God, we thank you that you have given us a way of escape, that you have given us a door into eternity, but you also equipped us with everything that we need to do life here on earth. God, I thank you that there is nothing that I could face that could overpower me. There's nothing that could make the decision for me. So Jesus, I pray that you would begin to give us wisdom. Holy Spirit, I pray that we will be so sensitive to your prompting and your leading and your communication that when I am beginning to walk down a path I shouldn't be walking, that you would remind us of tonight. I need to run. I need to flee. I need to get out of here. I'm not worried about looking weak. I want to be wise. I want to be spiritually mature. I want to avoid the fights that I can. I pray that when temptation does come knocking on my door, that I wouldn't be so quick to just give into it. I wouldn't be so quick to just use an excuse or try to justify my bad decisions, but I would remind myself that you have given me a spirit to endure. You have given me a spirit to to bear it and to fight it and not just submit to it. But God, help us make a decision to say, God, I only submit to you. I will resist. I will put up a fight. And Jesus, I thank you that we can find rest in you without letting our guard down. I thank you, Lord, that we can find everything that our souls need in you and in your spirit. I thank you that we are more than a conqueror through you. Jesus, we lift you up tonight. We worship you in Jesus' name. Come on, sing this out. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.